walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah, back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump. I'm your host, Kyle, aka the hardest part of the ring. And uh, well, whether you're listening to this in your car, while mowing the lawn, on a plane, wherever you are while you're listening to this, uh, you better have a uh, home camera because I'm in your house. (laughs) So, uh, getting on with the show, uh, WWF In Your House 1, I guess just In Your House, not really In Your House 1, because it's, uh, the first one <laughs> first one <laughs> i just said not to um you know fuck me in my ass but yes the first ever in your house pay-per-view that wwf has ever put on they would have uh several of these to kind of add on to their traditional uh tent pole pay-per-views the big four so you got rumble survivor series SummerSlam, and of course wrestlemania Uh, along with King of the Ring as well. So thus far in this timeline, I haven't really covered that many shows in all honesty, just because they're so rare. But now we're really, uh, really getting into the new generation. It's going to be a lot more frequent from this point on with these uh, more frequent, uh, shorter pay-per-views that happen more often. So and it's kind of a a precursor to what would uh, be the WWF slash WWE in later years, later years, uh, arguably too many pay-per-views. But uh, yes, we are fresh off that dumpster fire of a pay-per-view <laughs> called WrestleMania 11. Jesus, tap dancing Christ. That was a god-awful show. Uh, go check it out in the archives, apronbump.com, for all my episodes. Uh, but no, that, that is actually one of my favorite episodes I've done so far. WrestleMania 11, uh, did it, I don't know, sometime in July or not July. What fucking month are we in September? August, I think. I don't know. You figure it out. Uh, (laughs) search it at apronbump.com. You can search for WrestleMania 11 if you want, but you can also go to the episodes tab. You can click on new generation and that'll bring you to all of these 1994, 1995, WWF, all all of the magic that occurred in the the mid-90s of WWF. Oof. Big oofs all around. But I say that 
I say, you know, how how terrible WrestleMania 11 was. But honestly, in your house, one was a uh, was a damn good show. If I do say my if I do my myself, if I do me got some new stars. We got uh, two Bret Hart matches. It's headlined by Diesel versus Sid. I unbuttoned my shirt throughout the episode and we're giving away a house on this on this card, huh? Tell him, Todd. Tell him, Sarah. Uh, what's her? What the fuck's her name? Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Wyant. Tell her, tell him, Stephanie. <laughs> there is so much goddamn time on this show dedicated to nonsense, to non wrestling nonsense. And we sure do get into that in the episode. So in your house, one is a great show, has some good wrestling on it, but also has some, uh, well, some miscellaneous bullshit as well. But Speaking of miscellaneous bullshit, my guest on this show, Kenny from a Kenny for your thoughts podcast, returning to the show fan, f- uh, not a fan favorite. Actually, I get a lot of uh, DMS telling me uh, to not have him on this show, uh, but I do anyways, because he pays me with sexual favors. But anyways, uh, go check. <laughs> no, a Kenny for your thoughts. Very entertaining podcast, a weekly Live show, you can catch it on YouTube or uh, Napster or wherever the fuck else he puts it. Um, You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, the audio version. I was actually just a guest on a Kenny for your thoughts. He was uh, lovely enough to bring me on his show this past weekend. And that episode would have been uh, September 25th, 2021, going into (laughs) September 26th. Um, Really fun time with him. Go check out that episode if you uh, have never checked it out before and you're like, I could tolerate this hardest part of the ring, fella. Let me let me try this show. But always a good time with Kenny. Like I said, go check out his show, A Kenny for Your Thoughts, on YouTube and follow him on social media at AKFYT Wrestling. All that info in the description, as always. And let's let's give away a house, folks. We're in your house. <laughs> WWF in your house one with myself. And Kenny from a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. You can't just be hilarious before I hit record. <laughs> My AirPods are actually fucking up royally. So test, 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 test. Speak. Say those things you usually say in my ear. You smell better when you're awake. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I fucked that up. Whatever. Is that, is that, is that better? So <laughs> okay, so we we, we got to start this episode off with uh with some hilarious. So. You got you got you guys mentioned the uh the in your house thing, right? You know, it's like a paper, you know, we're doing this from our house about in your house, right? Um right? I, fi- I, I figure, you know, we're both wearing Hawaiian shirts. I could say like, what is this batch at batch at the beach or something? I know. I feel like Tony Schiavone and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan right now. I yeah. just need I, I just need freaking uh, Brian Pillman to grab me by the neck. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can arrange that, I guess. I I hope not. All right, so yeah, well, we'll 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 get those jokes off in the beginning, so it like jump starts the episode, uh, with with the hilarity, right? I so sure I'll, hope I'll, so. I'll say the bash at the beach thing, and you say the in your house thing. 
Are you scripting my pro? Wait, are you scripting my promos right now? Because that feels wrong. Yeah, but we'll, we'll edit it out. It's fine. I'm more, I'm more off the cuff. You know, my, if my contract's coming up, I might go to a Smacking It Raw podcast. You know, because oh, they get, they allow more creative freedom than than this shit. You know. Well, this is where people aspire to be. Uh, McFoley actually said that. So I don't know if you heard that part of the video. That, yeah, I think it might have been cut out in some the clips. Some people. You know, said, I haven't so. actually. What's funny is like I haven't actually seen the video. You know, I, I saw it once, and it was, like, so benign that it didn't really resonate with me. It was just like, hey, AEW is doing pretty good. Hey, WWE, you should probably do a little bit better. And everybody just busts a nut over it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't watch it, because I was like, you know, it's, it's nothing against Mick Foley. It's just, like, I feel like everybody used it as, like, anti-WWE fuel. And I'm like, you know me. I'm not, yeah. like, I love AEW. Like, I absolutely love AEW. But it's like, I don't like to hear the negative sides of either company. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, it's exhausting at this point. It's like we're like what three years into this, and people are still like caught up in their fandom. Yeah, I was gonna say wrestlers aren't even that caught up in the. the no, war. they don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're yeah. all friends. Exactly. So it's like, ah, uh, it's just sad. But you know, some may say it's kind of similar to what it was like in 1995. You know, with WCW and WWF, uh, WCW generally has a pay-per-view called bash at the beach it's like what what are we what are like a couple of guys like at the beach oh whoa whoa. oh what what happened to my camera there i got cut i got censored (laughs) i thought you you left i was like god damn i got censored because we got censored because we were showing a little bit too much nipple movement there right well i plan on unbuttoning a button after every match okay so there we go here i'll start i'll start there too just so we're we're safer all right, All I right. won't say anything, but we'll, okay. we'll do it. Right. All right. <laughs> so did you did you uh, did you enjoy the show? You said it was a lot of fun, right? I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, you yeah. know, obviously I've done this show before, and you know, you watch events back, but you know, you just kind of have it on and you enjoy it. But like this one, I was like, man, this is a lot better than I remember it. Yeah, uh, it was actually a really really fun show with a lot of stuff that I ha- didn't remember at all. Uh, which right. we'll get into, obviously, but yeah, ultimately, um, I've also forgot that like the first couple in your houses were like, um, you know, built off the premise they were like cheaper than the normal pay per views, so they were, they were yeah, like yeah. nineteen ninety five, but they were also like two hours only, so this right. like this flew by and in a good way. Yeah, it was definitely built like a like WCW would have the Clash of Champions, which right. would be the the TV version of their pay per views, and Todd Pettengill would be here, he'd be like, well. You could you could buy you could buy this pay per view with the price of a, a popcorn at the movies. <laughs> you know, Todd Pettengill talks right. <sighs> Jeez, it's good pop- shit, right? I, you know, I, a little known fact: um, I lived in New York for most of my life. Uh, well, not actually, not I guess half my life now. But uh, he does, uh, or at least he did WPLJ, uh, the radio station right. that was pretty popular there. So, like, I grew up with Todd Pettengill because no matter where I turned, there was mm-hmm. Todd Pettengill. He had a show. It was like called Todd and <laughs> Scott and Todd it? in the morning. Scott and Todd. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 And so literally, you know, go to my mom's work or something and that would be playing. So I, I right. knew him before he came to, you know, WWF. So it was weird to see him there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I used to listen to Opie and Anthony a lot and they would bring that show up. That makes sense. From time to time. So, yeah. You look like an Opie and him. Anthony kind of guy. Uh, is that a good thing? You also look like a Wheeler Yuta. Um, you've made that perfectly clear. I, I still, yeah. I'm strong <laughs> that you look more like Wheeler Yuta than I do. I don't know. I think he's an attractive man, so I'm going to give it to you. 
More buttons. Anyways, so, more buttons. <laughs> you know, so I, I actually I looked at the card before I watched the show. Yeah. And it listed the dark matches, which was very interesting to me because I'm, I'm just going to list them off here because it was four yeah, dark too. matches. Bob Holly versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte. <laughs> you have Bam Bam what? Bigelow versus Tatanka. What okay. did we have to say about PCO? Uh, no, no, I had something to say actually about um, who who did he face? Sorry, my mind went blank Th- there. Th- Thurman Plug. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, was he Bob Spark Plug Holly at the time? Yes, yeah. he was. He was no longer Thurman at this point. Yeah, Thurman um, Sparky Plug. Can we never speak of Thurman Sparky <laughs> Butt Plug again? Because uh, oh, it might be the worst name in professional wrestling history. <laughs> that's a little crass for this podcast. I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know about that. But so we have those two matches, and then we have Undertaker versus Kama. Um, Wait, that was a have, dark match? This, this is what I'm saying. So we have those matches and then Owen Hart versus British Bulldog. A King of the Ring qualifying match. This is better than the show that they... This is better Dude, than in your house card. I'm literally, I was literally going to ask you if they just had literally this, just those just the dark matches. I think that arguably would have made a better card. Now I'm now I'm mad I paid the 1995 at the time because if you give me an extra like extra hour, I'd have paid the 40 the 49 or whatever it was at the time to see yeah. those matches, dude. Especially with like Undertaker comma that was like a whole storyline that kicked off at WrestleMania, right? Where like comma stole the urn and melted it down into a necklace or whatever. They have Bam Bam and Tatanka, which is a pretty hot feud going on because right. Bam Bam just split off from the million million dollar corporation. John Pierre Lafitte's newly debuted. Stole Brett's jacket. Oh, did he do that at this point? No, no, I, mean, I don't think yet. at this point. But I'm just saying, oh, yeah. like that's how that's like... how uh, much that they had put into him. You know, right? Big things for him. You st- he stole the Hitman's jacket. Man, you Brett know. just has a lot of. He's just fighting everybody. It a seems lot, like. a lot going on at this pay per view for Bret Hart, <laughs> actually. Yeah, and uh, but in your house, I mean, like, okay, I can understand if those dark matches were like Coliseum home video exclusives. Or something mm-hmm. like that, but like the fact that yeah. like that w- those were just dark matches with no payoff is kind of criminal, right? Just hearing. I'm the wondering. Back. I'm wondering if they did like air them somewhere, like on Superstars or um, what's the other one, Action Zone. Like they had like so many shows at this point. Well, I was gonna say Shotgun, but that was '97, so it's, it's like main. It's not main event. That's nah, probably not important. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but it's even more like confusing considering the fact that like. Like, Bret Hart's doing double duty. So it's like, why do we have two Bret Hart matches right. when we could just slot one of these matches in here? Right. Um, they spend, like, five minutes raking the envelope. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, man, <laughs> it's uh, questionable. But, yeah, overall, I agree. It was it was a, definitely an easy watch. Um, but maybe that could be attributed to uh, Doc Hendricks on commentary. Uh, he's uh, just, just signed with the company. Yes. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes as you may know him as, along with Vince McMahon. And uh, it's funny, they like made him cut his hair. He yeah. shaved into a mustache, changed his name, because uh, Vince hates the South, I guess. It, it uh, mean, I didn't even know, like, it, I don't know if it's naivety, but I didn't know it was Michael P.S. Hayes back then. Like, I was like, oh, right. Doc Hendricks, you know what I mean? He, he fit the bill. He seemed mm-hmm. like he was 45 years old, you know, or, or 50 or whatever. You know, he seemed a lot older than he was, so I mean. Right. I think that was the mentality because, like, right. I guess, and maybe in most circles, people don't know who he is, especially if he's just in commentary. You don't see him that much. Um, but <laughs> it was worth him being on commentary just to hear him pronounce Hakushi. 
he over made and over a, again. He made a couple like little jabs that made me laugh. Like he said something about like, you know, what are you mad about, Vince? You don't make the rules. And I was like, ha ha. But wait, but wait. Oh man! But it's the opening match here. We got Hakushi along with Shinja versus Bret Hart. I totally forgot about Shinja. So uh, this right. that was the most fun for me. Was like I. Look at this bastard. I totally forgot they had like a manager for Hakushi because Hakushi was just so like ominous and like mysterious by himself uh, that, yeah, Shinja just got lost in my memories there. What does Shinja mean? Do you know? No idea. Did you search this up? I did not. I should have. Is it like a like a like a quiet ninja? Uh, Or it's just a Shinja. uh, It's just someone who can't kick past the knee. Like a ninja who can't kick mm, past the knee. Shinja. That's fun. What else? I got spent at least 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, just do this. We'll <laughs> just do this for another. That'll be the episode. Shinja is a Zen master of the Serpent Clan, or this is something else. Maybe this is off of a show. I, I think know. they just made up a name that sounded vaguely Japanese and kind of just threw it on them. Well, it means believer, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, Does yeah, he believe he's, in he's, kayfabe? He, but what's going on here? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, so we have Japanese Mordecai out here. Yes. Uh, the uh, the modern day com. <laughs> literally, literally though, he's he's like the, uh, I guess the antithesis to the Undertaker. Like he's the light, but he's still like that. Ominous. I thought he was like 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 Raiden or something from Mortal Kombat. I think it could be both. Yeah. So he's bisexual. Man, that's a whole layer they could have delved into. Maybe that's why Shinja. That's why Shinja's there. Gay lovers. To, so to believe <laughs> he believes. Believes in bisexuals? Why not? Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. So we have the modern day kamikaze out here. <laughs> what do you what do you think about that nickname? The modern day kamikaze. That's not a thing I just made up, by the way, everybody. That's that's what they called him. No, no, it is they they, they definitely were pushing him strong. Hakushi yeah. definitely had like they were looking to put him in the main event and they were trying really hard. I don't know why it didn't click, uh, but that nickname, the modern day kamikaze, is just how do I say this as an Asian person? I feel like they were like, let's just throw it some names together and kamikaze. Like kamikaze, modern day kamikaze is almost like a contradiction. Because isn't a kamikaze right. someone who's like willing to kill themselves for like what they believe in? I guess. I mean, is it tied to like aircrafts or is it literally just anybody that'll kill themselves? But I guess modern day kamikaze. I don't know. Like yeah, it just sounds a lot weird. Of thought was put into it. Yeah. It's weird that even like in the 90s, you would think they'd be like, hey, isn't that kind of weird? Maybe maybe we should not go that route. But yeah, it is what it is. But, um, you know, it's interesting. You said you don't know why it clicked. I uh, listened to Bruce Pritchard talk about it. And apparently a big part of it was his size. But he didn't seem that he didn't small seem to me. like a small guy, though. Like, it, guess, that, that was the last thing I thought of when I, I think of like why he doesn't work. I don't go like, right. oh, he wasn't believable because he's short. Yeah. It, it could be that. It could be the language barrier. I mean, variety of things. But right. um, yeah, I'm the big fan of Hakushi. This is probably the first. I think it was the first Hakushi match I've ever seen. I don't think he lasted long. Really, in the WWF, right? I think it was only a few months, right? When was the when was this pay per view? 
This was the summer of 95. I want to say it was May. It was, yeah, it was the middle of May. Oh, okay. So I guess, I guess, yeah, this might have been my first exposure. I think I, my memory goes back to, like, him at SummerSlam. I remember his, his SummerSlam involvement, but, like, the in-your-house right. stuff, I don't really remember as much. Well, he's he's newly debuted, so I think okay. this could, I think this, this is his first pay-per-view match for sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, And this is Brett's first of two matches tonight. Has a match against Jerry Lawler, and you know what? It's kind of silly, but I kind of like how Lawler played off of it, uh, yeah. With with how it ended, but um, but yeah. So, but I, like I said, I really like the match. I think Hakushi, like, he's solid. Watching a guy with this style, because nowadays, like the stuff he's doing is kind of commonplace with like all the springboard headbutts and all the flying stuff, the spring like every like jumping out of the ring and all that stuff. But in '95, that was crazy to see like nobody was doing that yeah not, he not was, many people were doing that he was a threat to bret hart like it was definitely like a you know this guy's coming in you know to to completely show up bret hart and and, and mm-hmm. completely different style than what was going on and, and maybe that's the problem you know you had Shawn michaels in there around the time with a similar style but mm-hmm. but uh hakushi definitely i remember thinking like yeah, it's funny to look back because I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, his style is amazing. Like, that is some crazy, crazy daredevil type stuff. But then you look at it now, and it's so commonplace, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing special, like, by today's standards. Which is, hey, that's uh, to credit uh, the workers of today. They've upped the work mm-hmm. rate, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also should mention, so, some of the backstory to this match, why this match is happening. So, Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart have been feuding for a while. And there was one point where Lawler was accusing Hart of being racist towards Japanese people. I forget why. I think he like won some award, but he didn't factor in the Japanese. Oh, it was just Lawler be bullshitting basically. But mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, but I guess Hakushi, that's how Hakushi fit in here. I guess he's like kind of a, a, a paid assassin of some sorts to Lawler. Something along those lines. Which is, uh, which so is a common theme for this. him, you know. Then he got his dentist to fight Bret Hart, and then you know, mm, so much good stuff oh. from Lawler here in the mid '90s. <laughs> really, just he, this, this dude doesn't miss. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, like we said, yeah, Hakushi's busting out all of these like fancy strikes and flips and all that. Uh, but he's the heel here, and that's kind of illustrated with Shinja constantly getting involved. <laughs> um, at one point, he trips up Bret Hart. And I don't know if this is just Brett being really good at selling or, or what it is, but he trips up Brett Hart as he hits the ropes and Brett goes like head first into the mat. And then Brett Hart does like a suicide dive to the outside, attacks Shinja. Uh, but he gets back, tries to get back into the ring, but Shinja grabs his ankle. And uh, this allows Hakushi to do a beautiful Asai moonsault to the outside. And I don't know if you noticed how like Brett took this, but I'm surprised he didn't break his leg with how hard Bread came on. Bread like truly, truly is like one of the best. He's not just kidding when he says he's the excellence of execution because like you look yeah. back on some of the stuff and you go, you know, at the time you knew Brett was good, but you look back and you go, man, Brett really, really put his body in the line like for a lot of these moves to just make them seem realistic and to uh, really hone his craft. Uh, yeah, so I definitely noticed like little things that he did. Uh, just so I know, was it this match? Where Earl Hebner had the spot, or was it the next one? Before I say anything, it, I think it was a later match. Okay, I think so too. But I just wanted to make sure. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, because I definitely noted that somewhere, and <laughs> I don't think it's on this one. So, but yes, we will, we, we will acknowledge it for sure. We have to. 
Um, but in this match, uh, Brett finally gets back into the ring. Hakushi goes for like a German suplex, but Brett counters into a victory roll for the win out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere finish, but it looked really good. And yeah. like, like we said, this, this whole match was great. It made Hakushi look like a threat, like where Brett just had to roll him up mm-hmm. and kind of like get the win and get out of there. Um, so definitely put him over. And I got to give credit to Brett at this time because Brett put over a lot of people. They Like he tried. Mm-hmm. You know, at this time, any few, I mean, the, the Jean-Pierre Lafitte stuff he's about to go into and all that, like, they definitely slotted Bret Hart into a weird spot here. And that's what I noticed about this pay-per-view where it was like, he was kind of like, I don't want to say mid-card, but like, he was almost like in charge of like bringing people up at this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Not not quite a gatekeeper, but kind of, kind of in that role. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, I never realized Brett had gone through that kind of stage in his career. Cause like we seen Cena go through it where he kind of had the yeah. United States title run and other things. But I was like, I didn't realize looking back, I just, I guess I was so involved in my Bret Hart fandom that I didn't realize he'd kind of dropped in the card a little bit around this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were all in on diesel at this point and they already mm-hmm. had their match at rumble. So yeah, kind of just letting that play out. Exactly. But uh, after the match, Brett, leaves the ring and he steps down from the mat and uh, twists his knee and they miss it completely. The they camera, the camera yeah. is it was definitely a wide shot with somebody blocking the way. Trust me. I went back and watched right. it like, and, uh, but they, the commentary was on point and they were talking about like, Brett, what, yeah. what just happened? Brett twisted his knee. Oh, what does this mean for later? You know, they were definitely on it, which is like weird. Cause like, couldn't Hakushi just have done something? In the match to injure his knee, like why has it got to be this fluky, like oh I stepped wrong, well kind of thing. Like, there's a reason for that. We'll we'll get into that. I suppose. I Do you suppose. remember why? I don't. Oh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll okay. talk. You, you, you gotta just get learn there. me. Learn me today. You gonna so, learn today. Take off a button. There so it is. They, they if you're not backstage. watching the video version, you're listening to the audio land. You are missing a lot of chest hair right now. Oh man. Oh man. Just just one little tuft here. Is this <laughs> all the hair on my body? <laughs> um, but speaking of hairless, we got Todd Pettengill backstage, and um, no, he actually has a lot of hair. He has like, quite the mullet. This Todd. Guy oh yeah, has. too much hair. Actually, probably should get a haircut. That hippie. I would. I would agree. Uh, they go backstage to the WWF Superstar line, where uh, everybody's like taking. Call- did you ever call this? As, I did. As a child? Uh, I did in the summer of '98, and I got my ass kicked by my father for racking up a <laughs> really, really bad bill. Not physically, but you know. For racking up a really gnarly bill. And uh, yeah, I learned the hard way. I was going to say that uh, that damn superstar line. You see, kids, you don't understand. Uh, You got the internet just accessible now. Like back then, all we had was, I don't know, we didn't really have the internet. You know, that was very, very much a luxury. So like calling a hotline to find out the scoops was like a cool thing to do. Yeah. Is that, is that what you got? So it was basically like the, like Dave Meltzer kind of news you would get through a, through a phone call. Uh, I don't, or is it like kayfabe kind of news? It's a little bit more kayfabe, but it was like what they wanted you to know. Like I'm a Johnson spotted backstage and faint and mm. he might have a kidney injury. So it was like, he legit had a right. kidney injury, but you know, the way they were spinning it a little bit was yeah. A little kayfabe. So it's kind of like Twitter almost like how WWE will utilize their like, yeah backstage kind of thing. just not as angry and ah yes. doesn't have people commenting going wwf sucks you know is that how you sounded and that's how i sound back then correct yeah that is you're not wrong <laughs> uh but then after that they cut to uh stephanie wyand my, my guest apparently um 
That's his name, folks. That's his yes, name. I on have. The, uh, if on you the can't deal. see it on the camera, I have Stephanie Wyan because I just did not. I like. I know I've saw her sporadically, but like she just does not. Like, I don't have a like recollection of her. Right. I mean, she wasn't like bad enough to where it would like resonate in your mind. I don't know about like, that. Okay. Well, that's she was why pretty bad during that. That. Uh, you don't like her or uh, like talking about the armored truck carrying all the entries oh to the God, arena. It, that was definitely like so cheesy. Like they were <laughs> they were talking about look like here's the 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 cop cars with the armored truck coming with the stuff, and I'm like, wait, why didn't they say it was like earlier footage because the letters are already there, right? Can I can I tell you a thought that I had like for half a second when I, okay. when, I when I saw this o- OJ? No, because <laughs> I thought OJ. <laughs> I literally okay. was thinking like the the whole OJ chase from '94, and I was like, "This, yeah." They anyway. already. Uh, when did they reference that? Was that no? That was Goldust and. Uh, that, yeah, Piper, that was a year right? later. That's why I was yeah, like, "Was this supposed to be there. like the Ford Bronco?" Or look yeah. at the cops. Like I don't know. <laughs> but they, it's basically Stephanie Wyans out there on the stage, and she you know, points to the screen, and they show this armored truck. You know, like like you said, accompanied by police. She's like, "Man, imagine how heavy." That truck is with all those entries in it. And my thought was like, wait, are the are the physical people in that truck? Right. Like I they're, like I thought they're like the people. But they're they're, they're letters, it's paper. Which is right. heavy. I mean it's a lot of paper, I guess, but like is that like is that like facts what, that we what need? What weighs more? A thousand a thousand pounds of, of gold or a thousand pounds of feathers? Um my penis. So Stephanie Wyan is <laughs> out here that's basically what it is but but like it's just like illustrating like so much time dedicated to this kind of yes. shit when you could have like oh dark match British yeah. Bulldog or something right and, and and or you could have selena vega and and stuff wrestle at the madison square garden show but it's neither here nor there she wasn't wrestling for the company then oh, okay i think i'm talking about 2021 you're right yeah you're you're, yeah. you're a silly goose <laughs> Speaking about silly geese, we have a couple of geese here in this next match. We have a two-on-one handicap match: Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie versus Razor Ramon. Like surely we could have done without this match. And, so, I, and this coming from a huge Razor yeah. fan, <laughs> no, for sure, or at least could have been shorter than it was. Right. Um, but uh, originally it was supposed to be a tag team match, so it was, it was supposed to be Jarrett and Roadie versus Razor and One Two Three Kid. But uh, Kid broke his neck uh, a couple weeks before the show and like le- legitimately broke his neck. Yeah. Um, I, kn- I knew that he had broken his neck at one point, but I didn't realize it was this yeah, early. I didn't know it was here, too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was here. I thought, uh, but, you know, they, they, they did have him call in. You know, obviously, that's the technology at the time, you know, yeah. in 95. You know, so they had him call in and say a couple words. And uh, it made me laugh because Brett had done this in a previous promo and then Razor does it here. So I guess the show was on Mother's Day. And mm-hmm. so they keep talking like Razor goes, and for Mama Ramon, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day. And like does all this crap. And Brett and Brett's always like, this is for my mother at home in Calgary. And it's like, wait, like Vince was definitely like hammering the mothers. Oh, you know? well, hammering the mother sounds kind of weird. <laughs> That's hey, he could have said that. He could have said he could. That. He's Vince. But yes, uh, yeah, so definitely a lot of emphasis on uh, Mother's Day mothers. here. Yep. Yeah. Hammering, hammering the mothers. Uh, hammered mothers right right <laughs> alcoholic right so i'm just gonna ignore that so after yeah, <laughs> the match is there's not a lot to this match but i just want to ask so 
you see these guys. So you have Jarrett, Rhodey, and Razor. Right. And Rhodey is definitely positioned as like the uh, the schlubby kind the of sidekick. Guy. Yeah, exactly. But when you look at these three guys, in hindsight, I might argue that Rhodey had the biggest impact on the company out of these three. Yeah. On, on this company, at least. Yeah, I, I was thinking like, oh, man, look at Road Dog there. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. He, you know, he definitely went on to have arguably a better career in the WWF than the other two, you know? So that yeah. it's kind of crazy to kind of see him in that, that third man role. Um, you know, I, and I, and that's not taking anything away from razor cause razor would have been somebody, you know, had he been right, on the straight sure. and narrow, I think, you know, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to see in hindsight. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if, if I was an older child at this point, like razor Ramon definitely would have been my favorite. I think he's just so, yeah. so cool. It's so cool, dude. But um, he gets his ass kicked for like 95% of this match. That out of nowhere hits a razor's edge on a double J for the win. Well, he, he had to play the kid's role. Like, think really think about that. Like, obviously, the match would have been the one, two, three kid getting his ass beat down. Right. And yeah, then yeah. Razor coming in off the hot tag and then like hitting the razor's edge and stuff. So mm-hmm. he pretty much had to play both roles where he was the baby getting beat down and then mounting the offense again. So uh, right. how many guys could have done that? You know what I mean? Like in terms of popularity and not like... Yeah. Imagine the internet was around at this time. They're burying Razor. Oh, man. It was around. Let's Because I know somebody's out there saying, actually, there was AOL chat rooms at the time. I, I I know. But we're talking about the current bitter internet right. that exists now. Yeah, yeah. The quantity would have been a lot mm-hmm. larger and been a lot more accessible, which is not always a great thing. But... That's why he went to WCW, because Vince was burying him. Is that how people in the 90s sound? That's how people sound who have wrong opinions sound to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not wrong but um really no, the story wrong. here is kind of the post-match so razor gets the win um and razor goes to just say he says fuck you road dog i'm gonna give you a razor's edge after the match <laughs> but double j hits him with a chop block locks him to figure four but then former guest of the apron bump the portuguese man of war aldo montoya comes out and uh tries to make the save it's not very successful. It kind of no. gets de- deposited pretty quickly. So, no. Sorry there. Sorry there, PJ. But, uh, <laughs> but out comes Savio Vega. Thank God. Ah, yes. Finally. The, the debuting Savio Vega. Yes. It's, uh, he basically, like, I don't know if he jumps the guardrail or where, where he comes it, from. It, it looks like a fan. It, he looked like a fan came out yes. and, and tried to help Razor. And, uh, you know, they were like, who is this? And I was like, obviously, it's Quang. I could tell by the body type, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god, I totally forgot about Quang. That makes it even more hilarious. Rock out with your Quang out. Uh okay. So <laughs> but I, I that's I had the exact same thought because he's like especially in this era, you have everybody, you have Aldo Montoya with his mask, you have Jarrett with his stripper outfit. Everybody has all these colors and wacky have, have outfits. Have we talked about that that I figured out what the hell that was? Jarrett was yes. wearing? Yes. I think you mentioned it on the Royal Rumble yeah, episode. The fretboard. I don't know if they thought that much into it. I think they I, just got lucky. I think they did I, because there was five. <laughs> there was five strings, like guitar. Yeah, yeah. So his chest was a big old, big old guitar fret. I'm surprised they didn't take advantage of that. You know, it could have been a whole taunt. Yeah. I mean, they fun. spent their days working hard on the go. Spend my, my day God, working hard on the go, but the hand on the clock keeps spinning too slow. Cause I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. You know my okay. I'm sorry. 
I was blanking on the words. I had smoke coming out of my ears trying to think of it, but I don't know. Just ask uh, Rody. He's the one that sang it. Is it? <laughs> I believe it. That was the storyline. You don't remember the storyline? Oh, no, I don't. The storyline was that Double J didn't actually sing the song, and it was the roadie, and he was trying to take all the credit for it. That's why he became right. Double J Jesse James. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a shoot because, like, Road Dog legitimately can sing. Right. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes to propel you, I guess. Whatever right. works. Speaking um, of propel, Savio Vega. <laughs> getting back to it. Uh, I propelled so- when I saw him. Something propelled. But yeah, like you said, he's just wearing like a flannel and pants. Like he looks like a fan. Like you said, this is jump the guardrail. And that's right. even how the commentary is kind of putting this over. Like, oh, should we be watching this? Uh, we need to turn this off. So someone just jumped the guardrail. But uh, <laughs> nope, it's the uh, leader of the Los Bariquas debuting here. Uh, right? That was his yeah, faction. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, later on. Don't make me sing that song, too. Nope. That'll be on uh, the Patreon. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> But Razor's promo afterwards going like, I didn't even recognize you, man. Uh, you, this guy had my back in Puerto Rico and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's like putting this guy over. Yeah. One of the biggest superstars in the Caribbean or something, you know? <laughs> Why do you sound like uh, like Art Donovan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's this Puerto Rican guy? Come on. (laughs) Thank God he was not on this show. That would have been bad for everybody. Who's this? Who's this Japanese fella? What are we at a sushi restaurant or something? (laughs) Oh, the worst part is I'd hear him saying something like that. (laughs) Macho and Lord Donovan, that's a gushi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What a missed opportunity. But uh, (sighs) yeah, Savio Vega is here and uh, off to the races with that. Uh, Great run. Great Amazing run. run. Cuts to the crowd is what it is. What didn't he lose? Was he the guy? Because he lost to Mabel, right? In King of the Ring in the finals. Well, that's to tell you. That's to tell you the state of the WWF when the finals are Savio Vega, who just debuted a month before, versus uh, yeah. tag team Mabel, who had just come out of Men on the Mission. Which yeah, well, I guess we'll get a, into in a little bit. But he's a man on a mission for sure. Definitely. Um, and this next. So normally I would like just ignore this kind of segment. But I have so many questions. So it cuts to the crowd where the guy, I forget what the guy's name is. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. I wrote, see, I was on the same page with you because I wrote all of this down. His name was Barry Dudinsky. That's a made up name. Barry Dudinsky um, was selling an all over print t-shirt. Why do they call it an all over print t-shirt? Because it's got Bret Hart's logos all over it or whatever the hell he said. (laughs) That's It's like, Um, who's confused about that? But then the worst part about it, this reminded me of something that happened in the 90s. That does mm-hmm. not happen today. Because I used to wonder why people were always wearing oversized shit. And it's because this shirt was only sold in one size fits all. Well, it fits all, so. It's close to an XL, is what he said. And then they cut to a woman who's a very petite, like, would wear a size small. And she's wearing mm-hmm. this XL shirt. And I was like, no wonder everybody had oversized shit in, in the 90s. <laughs> because, one, they were only making one size fit, fits all. And then TLC was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. T- you don't remember TLC? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Okay, we're, right? we're not. We're not in that stage. We're in the what about your friend stage? Where Lisa Left Eye Lopez has a condom on her eye. They, uh, what? You didn't know that? I found no. that out when I was an adult because I thought I was like she had an eye patch. Come to find out, it was a fucking condom on her eye. Google that if you if I'm Lisa okay. Left Eye Lopez. She put a con. She, they promoted safe sex. That's what that was. Is that why they called her left eye? Yeah, it is. Like these are all things as an adult. It just went blew my That's mind. Gotta, and all the chemicals and condoms, I feel like, or like the lubricant. I feel like that would get in your eye, right? 
I don't use them, so I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> They're a waste of time. Right. One size fits all, but <laughs> they're. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great segue i gotta give you credit uh that that, that popped me in more ways than one <laughs> but you know it's it's great because you mentioned the petite lady wearing the oversized shirt but they're portraying this as a one-size-fit-all t-shirt when literally the guy that's about to come out mabel who's 600 fucking pounds do you think this t-shirt would have fit on mabel well he's not all he's special remember vince was trying to say he was oh. unique okay he was different than larger than life right but going back to Barry Dodinsky, I want to spend a lot of time on this guy before oh, we get into Christ. Mabel. Enough of uh, Barry Dodinsky. Barry Dodinsky has one of my favorite segments at SummerSlam 95 where he uh-huh. does the same exact thing. And they cut it out on Peacock and the network and stuff. So, uh, Can you reenact it for us? Uh, we got the Shawn Michaels collection. We got the Shawn Michaels glasses. Check it out. The same gloves that Shawn Michaels wears. That's part of it. 1-800-Titan-91. And if you act now, you'll get the Shawn Michaels t-shirt. One size fits all, blah, 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 blah. It's literally how it sounded. It's ingrained in my head. And while he's doing that, Shawn Michaels comes, he takes the glasses, and he starts looking at the t-shirt. And Barry Dodinsky starts grinning like an idiot. Like, like he's so like, oh, Shawn Michaels touched me. He's yeah. marking out. Yeah, and I was jealous, personally. Just FYI. So you just hold that against Barry Dodinsky to I this do. Day. That's why I haven't memorized so much, because I have to repeat it to my therapist so much. Right, right. Well, yeah. hey, at least, you know, you might not be able to get the gloves, but at least you can get the uh, the shorts. Jesus. Oh. Oh, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Manscaped. So the, uh, this is natural. I don't, I don't shave any of this. So the next match amazing. we have, uh, okay. Look at the size of that drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that ham hock. <laughs> Thank you for knowing what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Baum versus Mabel is the next match. King of the Ring 95 qualifying match. Because who wants to see Brett or uh, Owen Hart versus Bulldog? We want to see that this. match. We want Adam Baum versus Mabel. I mean, us. Oh, we're both members of the Bomb Squad. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that, okay, like, I remember this time period very distinctively, and I really thought they were about to push Adam Bomb because they were yeah. going, they were going with this guy. Like, think about they like um, Lance Hoyt and TNA, like or like mid mid two thousands TNA. Like that was the same vibe I got from Adam Bomb, where they were talking about like the right. the Hoyt Squad or whatever. Like they were talking about the I, the or what it, Hoyt Gang or whatever. They were talking in the same manner. Uh, about Adam Bomb. And you see, I can make that reference on this podcast because the people who listen to this podcast know TNA. Hoytamania running wild in 2005. I can make these references. I can't make them like on other podcasts. No, no. Literally, we're the only people that know about Hoytamania. Dallas. Big D from Dallas. Right. Only on this podcast can you go from talking about Adam Bomb to talking about Lance Hoyt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of big D's, so we got Mabel here and uh, newly heel Mabel. Right. I got to say, I kind of dig heel Mabel. I did, too. Uh, I actually was going to say that. I, I was going to say that, you know, in hindsight, like Mabel's whole run was shit and it gets, you know, people talk about it and with disdain. But like, you got to give credit to Vince for like pushing this guy, like a young African-American guy in the mid 90s. And he Mm -hmm. took a gamble on him like that. You know, that says a lot about Vince, you know, so I feel like a lot of people are like, well, he never had a a black champion until later on. But it was like there was there was these moments like with him, Ahmed Johnson and stuff like you could Mm -hmm. see that like their they were their stars were rising. 
you know? So I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, they really tried here with Mabel. Because again, I thought Adam Bomb was was definitely winning this match at the time. Yeah. No, I actually love the comparison with Lance Hoyt because that's li- literally what it was. Because even with the fact that Adam Bomb, he was heel for a while. Right now, he's this baby face and he's, you know, hyped. He's throwing footballs into the crowd, all that stuff. Yeah, very um, similar vibes, like the big guy with the like crowd interaction, the pyro with the mushroom cloud. Oh, it's actually I, I actually like that. Yeah, I want to I want to make fun of it, but I kind of yeah, when they when they were like pan up with the shot and have the yeah, cloud yeah. going, I was like, that's actually pretty unique. Yeah. And in the ring, I mean, this match is, I don't know, two minutes long, but yeah. in those two minutes, Mr. Bomb here, he's, he's flying all over the place. He's slingshotting to the outside. He's going to the top rope like he's. He's working his ass off here, but he's the Mabel, smaller guy in this match. Is why think about that smaller guy in this match. And That's Adam insane. Bomb's what like six nine, six ten, somewhere in that yeah, vicinity. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it's still able to do that spinning heel kick, which that pops me every time. I don't know what it is. It's like how his weight distributes when Mabel does that spinning heel kick. Yeah, brutal. Um, yeah, Mabel's Mabel's a lot better than people give him credit for. You know. He is. Yeah, yes. so he was a hell of an athlete, you know, he's definitely, I mean, there was a reason why they were having him, like, face off with Yokozuna, you know, you had your two super heavyweights who could move at the yeah. Rumble, I'm talking about, but, yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, ultimately in this match, Adam Bomb goes for a crossbody, Mabel catches him and hits a uh, world's strongest slam, basically, <laughs> and uh, that gives him the, the guy gives him the win, so Mabel moves on to the King of the Ring, which we all know, he ends up winning, um, I've never seen that show before. I have not heard great things. I, I, I've, I remember being at my neighbor's house, like when it was airing and being pissed off, I couldn't watch it. But then like in right. hindsight, like everybody was like, it's one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. And I was like, that can't be right when King of the Ring 94 exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, King of the Ring 90, that was, uh, Art Donovan. Oh, that, that alone makes it the best pay-per-view. <laughs> I think I know I know I'm kidding but Owen Hart won <laughs> King of the Ring 94 so it was actually decent but King of the Ring 95 you could definitely tell like the whole new generation was in effect and right. they were trying like they were yeah. trying to build new stars I mean just look at this show look at what the dark <laughs> the buttons are coming down <laughs> buttons are coming down but look at the dark matches compared to the matches they were trying so yeah. they, they definitely were trying to go with a new new crop of superstar yeah, even like Undertaker, like the fact he's been kind of an afterthought, like pretty much most of '95. Yeah, which is insane considering his trajectory, the rest of his career, even the, his career before it. It's, but it's you crazy. see, even even Undertaker goes through these times too, and that's why I laugh when people online and stuff now are like, "Oh, they're burying so and so," and it's like, yeah. "What would you have thought when they were like doing this with you know? Look, look what they were doing with Razor. Look what they were doing with the Undertaker. Look what they're doing with Brett. And these are guys who are like Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. you know." Yeah, so yeah, definitely a uh, a rebuilding era for the company for sure. Right, or kinda I, just new re- ice cream bars, new generation. Yeah, it's a new generation after all, um, <laughs> and that's exhibited in this next match. So we got the tag team titles on the line. Camp Cornette, I guess, is the that's what CageMatch.net told me their their name was. I don't think they were ever referred to that. No, they were they were definitely just <laughs> Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah, so Owen and Yoko versus the Smoking Guns. Bart and Billy gun. Not a lot to this match. I tuned out during this match. I'm not gonna lie. I like really tuned out mentally. I absolutely did as well. I (laughs) missed the finish completely because it didn't 
there was no like ebbs and flows. It kind of just happened. Um, another pretty short match, um, at least from what I paid attention to, it was pretty short. Uh, Bart goes for a cross body onto Owen on the inside, but Owen gets out of the way and Bart goes flying to the outside. And Yokozuna, who's on the outside of the ring, hits a leg drop onto Bart Gunn, rolls him back into the ring, and Owen just pins him. So <laughs> Owen, Hart, and Yokozuna retain the titles here in a uh, a barn burner for sure. Yeah, I remember this was uh, Yoko being put with Owen Hart because he couldn't really work singles matches as much. And so yeah. this was a weird, weird time period because it was like Owen was doing his best, uh, but Yoko was kind of you know slowing down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just a weird tag team in general. Yeah, definitely slowing down, but it's like in these short bursts that Yoko has, you can tell he like like the way he bumps, he's still bumping really well, amazingly. Even yeah. though he's huge. I, I mean, more so it's the tag team I'm referring to because it's like, uh, it's, it's so like, you don't want to see Yoko like that. You don't want to see Owen like that. And, right. And you put them together and it's just like kind of cringe. Right. You would think it would level out, but it really just kind of takes both guys down. Right. Ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and didn't really do anything for the smoking guns either, but the tag team division wasn't really a thing here. Um, never really has been a thing. Right. I was going to say, has it a very small window in 01? It was a thing, but otherwise it's always been an afterthought. So always three, there was only three teams that they allowed to get there and it was during the TLC time period. Yeah. That was about it. Which even that, that's like shorter than you might think. That's like literally like like rumble to WrestleMania. And then after WrestleMania, it was just right. We That's have it. Edge on his singles run. We mm-hmm. have uh, the Hardys breaking up or That's two doing years their singles tops. things. Yeah, at, at the most for sure. Yeah. It was very stop and start, but not any better here. So uh, <laughs> Camp Cornette gets the win. Thank goodness. Um, but then after that, we have a double dose of Bret Hart or the second dose, uh, Moderna. So Bret Hart versus <laughs> Jerry Lawler. So uh, <laughs> these buttons we, are coming down. I only have uh, one button left, so I'm, I'm gonna follow suit. Follow suit. I'm gonna have to start taking my pants off. Um, if we get they're not any, off uh, already. The help? What am I doing? Yeah, you know they might as well be. So, <laughs> uh, Brett Brett Hart versus we kind of covered the backstory earlier, but the way it's progressed. So we mentioned that Brett Hart twisted his knee, quote unquote, uh, leaving the ring after his Hakushi match. Right. Um, but they cut to a, a segment with him before the match. I believe it's Todd Pettengill interviewing him where he's like, oh, I'm 100 percent. And he's doing like, you know, the can can or whatever he's doing to show off that is his knee is perfectly fine, that it was all a ruse. Yeah. And let's wait, wait hold on, because we're skipping over a huge, huge thing here that I wanted to talk about. OK, what the fuck was up with that Jerry Lawler mother segment? Oh, <laughs> I was, was, was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. No, yes. well, it happens before this where he was talking about like, you know, here's my mother and he brings in this like skinny supermodel. It's mother. Good jeans. It's just like, why did who who cleared this? Who said this was a good <laughs> segment? That's his mommy, right? I just it, it was just I like, I get what they were trying to do, but it was just so stupid. That's literally talk about ahead of their time. I mean, you go on a Pornhub or something and you see the, some of these stepmother videos <laughs> and you're like, I don't think, listen, I don't, I don't think she's this fella's mother. Yeah. That's what I say when I watch these videos. Um, when they're like, you know, like in but this then, case when she's like a third his age, <laughs> but then they let, they let her like have lines and stuff, you know, and I'm not saying it anything well, it against her, but it was more like, like a non wrestling fan, obviously it like 
they're having this like Day. major segment, and then it's like got to hammer the mothers. Cut, we cover this. <sighs> then they cut backstage to where Brett starts talking all his stuff. Yeah, we didn't mention how uh, the Jerry Lawler's mother uh, challenged Helen Hart to a match. Yes, yes. I don't know if that match ever happened. Should have. Could have been a WrestleMania 12 main event, but you I'm, know, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. No, go for it. I, I, I was gonna say the you know websites that you mentioned might have the match, but anyway. <laughs> You know, it, 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 low hanging the, fruit. You know, the rule of thumb: if it exists, there's a porn version of it. So <laughs> that's that's how I live my life. So, <sighs> but speaking of porn, I I don't know. I was gonna say like I came during this, but that, that would have been like needless. Heart gross. came out. There, there we is. go. We workshopped it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I love kind of throughout the show. So like right after Bret Hart's match. Jerry Lawler's back at the superstar line room and he's like, I want my match now. Bret Hart's hurt. I want my match now. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And then like after the next match, he'd be in the hallways like, hey, all right, now it's, now it's time for me and Bret's match. Right. And they're like, no, 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 no. And then I think, um, was it the last match? I think he actually, the tag team match, I think, he actually came to the ring and was like, come on, Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler right now. And they're like, nope, no, no, no. It you're, was you're great. In the show. It was great how they built it. It made sense. Yeah. And then Brett was faking it the whole time, you know, much like yeah. my ex-girlfriend. And oh, um, it was just... I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but, you know, Brett, uh, Brett comes out feigning, uh, oh, like, oh, I'm fine. And Brett does like, a couple like side shuffles and does all this stuff my to basically show thing. he's fine. Jerry the uh, King Lawler is just scared out of his mind. And mm-hmm. then I was going to say that's why I didn't have Hakushi attack his knee or anything because brett had to be faking it the whole time right so he okay. was jumping out of the ring and oh i hurt my leg kind of thing so so you know in, in yeah, yeah yeah if this were real it's like why would he have why would hakushi actually hurt his leg unless you know hakushi and brett hart were working together so you know, somebody right. say that they're in kahushi with the like in cahoots cut, cut the camera i'm just i'm done <laughs> i gotta call my agent I'm like what the hell my book it booking me for this shit Sorry, that joke, that joke Adam bombed. But so we got the match here. As you mentioned, Jerry Lawler uh, or Bret Hart runs in the ring. Like you said, he's kind of just side shuffling his way. Right, he really jumps the smoking gun here, huh? Huh? I had to get it. I went in. Oh, huh? man, that, that joke had a lot of Bret Hart to it. Uh, so Bret runs into the ring and Mabel. Uh, chases, right, right. Yeah, Mabel. Uh, they do like a little Three Stooges moment where they like run in a circle, like Bret Hart's chasing him in the ring, <laughs> which was great. It was it was it's funny like, as hell. It's the same thing like a uh, Survivor Series with like all the doinks and dinks, like right. Jerry was running away. It was like the same right. thing. Um, match is what it is. Uh, King uh, eventually kind of gets advantage with a pile driver, but then Bret no sells it. You know, fighting spirit, and then uh, pile drives Jerry with his own pile driver. So I gotta say, these are probably two of the best pile drivers. What you got? Two of the best pile drivers in the business that are not on Pornhub, right? Yeah, they're um, <laughs> these pile drivers. Uh, they're they're amazing though. It, it's just like they the are. snap that they have on them, especially like Brett has an underrated pile driver. You he know, is, yeah, and and it's like just a little snap that he has. Like you would think he just broke a man's neck. He just does everything. Great. Owen I mean, Hart doesn't yeah. have a good pile driver though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, or the best pile driver. Actually, yeah, it. the most effective one. <laughs> he almost killed the entire Attitude Era. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the match is happening, and then I know what you're thinking. You're like, man, I need more Shinja in this show. Right. Well, lo and behold, Shinja's back out here, 
as uh, Brett's kind of mounting Jerry in the ring. He's punching him back and forth. Shinja comes out, distracts <laughs> Brett. And uh, can you describe what happens here? <laughs> the best spot I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> so, so Earl Hebner gets out of the ring and he's kind of got his leg hooked underneath, you know, over the middle rope and underneath the bottom rope. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of just sitting there and he's like admonishing Shinja. And uh, is it that Jerry Lawler whips Bret Hart or is it Bret Hart whips Jerry the King Lawler? I don't I remember. Yeah, I forget. Um, I want to say Bret Hart gets whipped and hits uh, where, where Earl Hebner is. And, of course, uh, Earl Hebner, what are you doing, boy? Goes over ass over tea kettle <laughs> yeah. and uh, he's stuck in the ropes. And then comedy, uh, hilarity ensues, <laughs> comedy gold here, because I, it was just Shinja's face of, like, trying to get him unhooked. And he's like, who? And he's like trying to like unhook him, <laughs> and and Earl Hebner's just stuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was the it, you know this I I feel like he was like hey Shawn Michaels can't have the the spot in Royal Rumble '95. I got to show him how you do it in the ropes. Right? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like a shoot. Like was he actually? I stuck? thought it was too. I watched it back, but it definitely looked planned because it was like the way he hooked his foot. Right. It was like that was planned, but at the same time, it was like kudos to Earl Hebner because he took a hell of a bump on this. Yeah, like so just good. hits the ring apron, the right. hardest part of the ring. Oh man, new episodes every Wednesday, folks. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, like you said, Earl Hebner is stuck in the ropes, ass over tea kettle, and uh, <laughs> that's such a nineties. Yeah, like, like you know, <laughs> you know, I'm a '90s fan, uh, wrestling fan. When I say "ass over tea kettle," you know where I get that from is Stone Cold. He says that all yeah. the fucking time, like on his podcast and his interviews. Goddamn, well, I'm, I'm I'm working a match in the, in the garden. I go ass over tea kettle. Like goddamn, you know. I could listen to that man talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sidestep some. Oh, he's there. <laughs> I just want to hear Stone Cold do commentary. It's amazing when he does the, the um. Broke his skull sessions and he's like just right. narrating the match. <laughs> Bam! You're working it. You're working the headlock. Great sell. Boom! <laughs> Feats for the crowd. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing hot, kid. Uh, but Stone Cold is not here. You know, he's right. here is Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. And uh, so, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. So we get more Hakushi <laughs> coming out in his bandana coming out here. And uh, gives Bret Hart, because Bret Hart is, uh, he, he attacks Bret Hart, lays him out, right. gives him a headbutt from one corner, like a Chris Benoit flying headbutt. A wild then, Pegasus, if you will, at the time. Uh, yes. No, well, he was, he was an ECW as Chris Benoit. So. Whatever. All right. This is WWF. Stop talking about ECW, Mark. Stop talking about them goddamn bango halls, kid. <laughs> it's going to be stone cold the rest of this podcast. <laughs> what? Okay. So. Uh, what? Uh, Lawler takes advantage of this. So Bret Hart's laid out from these head what's and uh, <laughs> Lawler. Oh God. I, I wish I didn't say that. Oh yeah. That was bad. That was really bad. Yeah. That was a bad choice on my part. Uh, yeah. But Lawler almost as bad as the shirt choice, but go ahead. Well, I'm slowly taking it off. So thank you. Sounds like a good choice to me. Thank you. <laughs> Lawler pins Brett with a uh, jackknife pin, very technically sound jackknife pin uh, and gets the win. Picks the bones that Hakushi left, and uh, Lawler gets the win over Bret Hart. And but Bret clears the ring afterwards as they continue because you know it's Lawler, Hakushi, Shinja. They're all attack. What a cast of characters! They're all attacking Bret Hart, and then Bret Hart fights them off. And you know, 
then he goes gets his one size fits all shirt and calls it a day i guess <laughs> all over all over print one size fits all first of yes, all all over print wait why, why do they call it all, all over print again because they the design goes all over the shirt there Kevin. oh okay yeah yep. it's it's confusing to me when i hear it I, i'm like why do i, I call don't know it that? we should ring up barry daninsky right now what's he call, doing call the wwe f superstar line i bet it's disconnected it probably is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah any other uh any other thoughts on Hart versus Lawler? No, I think it was a, a lot better of a match than it had any business being, uh, especially being Brett's yeah, yeah. second uh, second match of the night. Um, I, I do love the comedy spots, and I mean, I liked Brett feigning the injury only to reveal that he was faking it, you know? So it was just, yeah. uh, it, it was good. It was good stuff. You know? So as, as me, who has never seen any of this stuff, like I bit on it. Like I thought Brett was actually hurt, and I thought they were going to yeah. like, play off of that, but yeah bamboozled me i guess you got worked you mark oh man better than working my or shooting myself into a work wait thanks hogan time to give away a house what we all paid for what we all paid to see uh did you did you enter to win this house i did not i was I guess all you were, six you were years in new old. york right yeah i was all six years old i had no plans to ever live in that godforsaken florida nah, who would? and uh Fate as it is, I, I'm living in Tampa, away for, an hour away from where this house is, actually, in Orlando. Really? <laughs> yeah. And what could have been? What could have been? I mean, I pretty much own the house, so. Yeah. In your house. <laughs> Wait, did we ever mention that, like, the irony that we're, we're, we're doing a, a podcast on the, on the show called In Your House? Right. But, but here's the thing, right? Me and you... Are in our houses. We're in our houses. In our house. In our houses. Talking about in your house. No, in your house. No, in your house. Uh, you're in your house. Beware of dog. Be- Time to give away a house. Two. <laughs> Is that two? Is that number two? Oh, no, there's two beware of dogs, right? So since we're on in your house episode, I'll just say this. I have a friend okay. and I who huge wrestling fans. And it's an inside joke that whenever something goes wrong and we have to, like, redo it, we'll call uh-huh. it, like, you know, a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, Beware of Dog 2. Because it's, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. No, you did uh, that once, right? What's that? I think you did that once, actually. Did I? I don't even I remember. You redid, you I think you, like, had technical issues and then redid yeah. it and called it Beware of Dog. Right. So it's just, like, a huge joke in my life because if anybody doesn't remember it, they had Beware of Dog. Uh, the power went out because of a storm, and they had to right. do it again on a Tuesday. They had to rerun some of the matches that were uh, basically in the dark. So beware of dog too. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. not as funny as it should be. Yeah, but yeah, you hey, know. as long as it pops you, you, that's all yeah. that matters. Um, but Todd Pettengill <laughs> and Stephanie Wyand are out here. Uh, so the armored truck, I guess, has arrived and has dumped all these envelopes into but, this. But like... the, the the envelopes were there the whole time. Well, that was earlier in the night. You see, kind of. So why do they have half? Half of them weren't secure, and then half of them were in this armored truck. No, they took they took it from the armored truck and put it into this receptacle of you know. It looks like what. But Paul they Barrow never got said it in. was earlier. They said it was like live footage. That's where my confusion came in because well, there were letters already there, and then they were talking about these letters coming in. They had said like previously recorded today. Like maybe I'd, you know, I just want some realism in my professional wrestling. Okay. Look, they already spoon-fed you why an all-over t-shirt is called what it is. They can only do so much, you know? I think this is why Stephanie Wine was fired. Was she fired? 
I mean, she left due to a contract dispute. I mean, she's not there anymore, so I guess she she left eventually. Way, right? right. Yeah, man. What could have been with Stephanie Wyand? She well, she went on to become Bull Nakano. So, oh yeah, I never would have guessed. You know that when I mean, you take that face paint off, <laughs> it really. I mean, Yokozuna was playing a Japanese gentleman. You can, can Stephanie Wyand would, right? Right. That's the issue. That's right. the issue. Actually, that's a very good comparison. Right. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> so uh, Todd Pettengill, he's like. Man, how are we going to choose uh, the envelope or the entry? How are we going to choose it? You know what we need? Hmm, a rake. And then he sprints like a cartoon character to the, uh, like, oh, through the door. Slapstick can't, a comedy right here. <laughs> Grabs two rakes. That's the whole, hey, it reminds me of this. Like the, uh, what's the picture called? You know the picture with the, Will, the people Wilson, with the rakes. Wilson something. Wilson Phillips. Say. Okay, that sounds Hold right. Hold on one more day. Yep. Someday and, somebody's gonna. But my favorite part of this is they so they pick the entry so they take the rakes which I'm still confused on why they were necessary so they they rake up the envelopes a little bit to kind of shuffle the deck I guess. Uh, they grab one and uh, they have like I guess they're like lawyers on hand or something some legal realm of people. And they they've suits. been there the whole show. You know they've been like walking they've been standing around. Actually, there's one part when Razor came out. I was like, holy crap. That's how you know Razor's not a normal-sized person, because he was twice as tall as everybody that was standing around right, the letter. Yeah. <laughs> Deceptively big. Right. Um, but I guess these lawyers are here to, like, make sure that these entries are valid or whatever. So whether it's Todd or Stephanie, whoever picks the envelope, hands it to the guy. He looks at it for literally 0.75 seconds. He opens it. That's good. Looks good to me. Like, how, how do you tell? You just look at the name? A man got paid to do that. Understand that. <laughs> These are like handwritten like entries, which is, it's right. just, again, just like needless filler all throughout the show. When you can and have, again, Owen versus Bulldog was left off of this show. Goddamn Tatanka wasn't on this show. <laughs> Ugh. Got heat with me when the Native American isn't on the show. Especially they were giving away property. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Shit>. it. <laughs> Too bad. Oh, do you think? Do you think Tatanka entered into this? He's probably pretty pissed. Um, to get back what he deserves, yes. They uh, they choose the winner, and it's Matt Pompaselli. Am I pronouncing that right? Matt Matt Pompaselli. Matt Capitelli isn't? Didn't he win uh, tough enough? Oh yeah, maybe maybe it is. Maybe I misheard it. It all <laughs> ties together. Um, but they call, and because uh, they they have the whole deal with the phone out there, and they're gonna call the number on this entry. They call, it rings, and the line is busy. Is it busy, or does it like, go to voicemail? Or, uh, he they, dialed it just, wrong or some crap. Yeah, something like that, but it's yeah. really kind of a hilarious moment, honestly. But it uh, calls again. Matt answers, and uh, they're all excited. I think Matt's dad answered is, is what happened here. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think he was like a kid, and then uh, and then they're like, "That's this This ain't real? This ain't real? And I'm like, you can't say that during a professional wrestling show. <laughs> is First this of all. fake? <laughs> he's like, he's like, ooh, 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 who is this fake guy calling me? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they're freaking out because they're like not, you know, they're watching on TV and hearing that their their own echoes and stuff. Right, right. So the mom's screaming in the background. <laughs> That's probably know? why they didn't answer the first time because they were like watching the TV and there's like the, the delay and all that. Right. Um, but they do the whole deal. Yeah, you want a house? And apparently they're from Nevada, and the house is in Florida. So these assholes 
have to move from Nevada to Florida because this kid wrote into the WWF and uh, <laughs> I guess it's a free house. So fuck me, I guess uh, the pyro goes off. It's all it's all great. All the pageantry in your house. Um, thoughts. Right. Kenny, for your thoughts on this. Yeah. Do you have any I mean, for your thoughts on this? I was going to say um, what really, really struck me when they kept showing the house was that, uh, you know, I live in my first house here in Tampa, Florida, an hour away, and it looks identical to the house that I bought uh, six years ago. Yeah, it did. It looked pretty modern from like the, the few shots they gave of it. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll have to like put up a picture, but it's like, holy crap. It literally looks exactly like my house. It's got that uh that Pueblo style. Is that what it is? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Maybe it's just flo- how Florida houses are built. And yeah. uh, obviously that means that mine needs updating. So if you could go ahead and drop me, uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I'll link uh, my Patreon here or my cash me or my pay mm-hmm. me pal all cash. All just of those things. Donate to all of them a little bit. Please just donate to one. I can't even read properly. Come on. <laughs> Well, maybe the next in your house that NXT does. Maybe they'll give away another one, and then uh, be a full they're getting rebranded. They ain't giving away any more houses now. Oh, it'll be in your house, but with Wale. So instead of I don't top want head, Wale's go, house. Are you sure? I mean, not yet. I'm willing no, to bet he has a it. pretty nice. Uh, right, and he's a cool guy too. So I'll even live it there with him. Feel the power. Um, but now a lot better of a song than I realized. By the way, I was listening to it the other day. I was like, it's actually a really good song. What Big E song? Yeah. No, oh, it bumps. No, I, I actually, I guess, you know, when you tie songs to memory, like I, I missed the New Day song for him. So like, I never really liked Feel the Power. And I finally right. listened, really listened to it. And I was like, it's a lot better song than the New no. Day song. No, it's, it's perfect for Big E too, for yep. sure. Um, but speaking of theme songs, we got two guys that might have some of my favorite theme songs. Uh, well, not this version of it for Diesel, at least. But we have Diesel versus Sid. Or for the WWF title, or yeah, for the WWF title. Um, I mean, I miss Diesel's uh, music where it's literally just a horn blaring. Like, that's all it is. Dude, I like this one. Dude, dude it has like the Roseanne music. I like this Diesel. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, sticking to the Mother's Day theme, I don't know why the hell they had Diesel talk about Mother's Day, because <laughs> yeah, he, he literally says, you know, and it was just like, I remember watching it going, holy crap, like, why'd you, why'd you even ask this man this question? But, you know, he's like, you know, m- the way Mother's Day, my, everyone knows my mother passed away a couple months ago, so it's mm-hmm. my first Mother's Day without her, and uh, I was just like, I can't even listen to this promo, because I'm just sad for the man. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, though, it, 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 it made Diesel kind of be genuine. And more realistic, which you can argue that that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, it made him yeah, kind of normalize them a bit. Mm-hmm. But just like in the span of a year, like a year ago, he had like the slicked back hair, the sunglasses. He was talking like like Razor Ramon, basically. He had like that, hey, listen to you, bro, like that kind of voice. And now yeah, he's kind of like Detroit thing. Yeah, yeah. But now he's just like what what, what people think of Kevin Nash, like how he sounds. And I think, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, and then and then at SummerSlam 95, he would cut the, uh, you want to play Knights in Shining Armor? Well, I'm going to get medieval on you, baby. Medieval. <laughs> Diesel's one-liners. Uh, uh, what was, it's great, it was, though. Oh, he, no, it, this is what it was here. Uh, in your house, I'm going to get in your face. Is that really what he said? Yes. I don't even remember that. It was I was good. so focused on the grief 
uh, that the man's legitimately talking about his mother dying. <laughs> it's like I couldn't even focus on the rest of it. I mean, I was kind of focused on like the Sid promos. Where it was like, ah, I was, I was, I'm so mad at you because I literally was gonna do what you're doing right now. I was waiting for the <laughs> cue to be like, I am the master and ruler of the world. <laughs> okay, Let's just trying to get a thumbnail for the. For the video. All right. Um, man, this is breaking down very quickly. So we got the WWF title. Yeah, the master of, what is he? The ma- the ruler of the world. The master and ruler of the world. The master of disaster. No, wait, that's Adam Bomb. No, Adam Bomb is the creation of devastation. That's a lot what, of nicknames here. A lot better than the modern day kamikaze. <laughs> there were some hits and kamikazes. But they didn't even learn off of that one. The modern day Maharaja. Yeah. They I mean, didn't that's- even learn. It's a little better, I would say. Um, I, my, why am I like leaning to the? I always go to the left, but not with my camera. All right, there we go. So we got. It's a penis joke, everybody. So we got Sid here. Phallic. Not psycho. Not vicious. Just Sid. Was he not psycho Sid at this time? No. So he. I didn't actually listen to that. Because he returned to the company. I guess it was before WrestleMania, like slightly before WrestleMania. And this is the whole thing. He's like, because they mention it. They're like, don't call him psycho or he's going to go psycho on you. So he's like, I'm not psycho. The whole thing, right? Um, but this match, oh, what did you think of this? I was kind of, I think the build to it was good. Like it felt like a big time match, but the match yeah. kind of had me feeling whelmed. Yeah, I, I think, you know, these two have had better matches. Yeah. Uh, and they've definitely had better matches with other people, but... Like, I feel like they definitely should have been, like, hyping up the, like, powerbomb situation a lot more right. in this match, but they didn't. Um, yeah, so this was this was a weird one. Uh, I remember when it finished, I was expecting another match afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. that's maybe how lackluster it was, because I'm like, oh, surely this isn't the main event. Yeah. And <laughs> it was the main event. That's how you close the show, with Diesel talking about his dead mother and... Not not psycho Sid vicious, so yeah, definitely transitionary for both of them, which is weird. yeah. And there's an interesting storyline, kind of, which I didn't know. It's how it happens. So you had Diesel and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, yeah. And then I guess I guess Shawn Michaels kind of turns babyface right after with because he's well, Sid is his bodyguard at WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. So so he brought Sid in to be his bodyguard basically yeah. saying like Kevin like I don't need you cuz I got a better bodyguard. Right. And then uh when he lost due to yes and I'm not kidding here due to an involvement from a Japanese photographer and mm-hmm. uh at WrestleMania 11 <laughs> uh um, Shinja. Yeah, the next night on Raw Shawn Michaels blames Sid for the loss which leads to a power bomb on mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, and then Kevin Nash comes running out, basically to protect Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Thus, turning Shawn Michaels babyface, which we knew we know how that ends because this is literally the start of Shawn Michaels' whole run as champion and stuff. Boyhood later on. dream. You're right. The boyhood dream has come true. Um, so that's where we're left at. So Sid is, you know, um, a, a heel still. Shawn Michaels right. has turned babyface, but is not on the show, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, weird time period. Weird. This is that that would lead to two dudes with attitudes. Well, that was that was before this. Well, was I guess it? maybe I guess they rekind. Maybe do they get back together? Because they, well, they, they were on and off. On they do yeah, they yeah. do two dudes with attitudes. Uh, on and off. 
because yeah. they were the champions like before SummerSlam '94. So they, well, they, they were okay. So so FYI, two dudes with attitudes are only is only the babyface time period. Like they didn't actually have a name mm, per se. Okay. Like during the heel run. So like this was like that's what I mean. It's like they both became babyface and they became like you know right. that was supposed to be a babyface name. As weird as that is, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they do the whole deal where Sid he gives he actually gives Sean like three or four power bombs and it sends him yeah. on a stretcher. Like he gets stretchered out. Sean does. Right. So that's why he's not on this show. Kind of still selling those injuries. Um, and then, like you said, Diesel kind of tries to avenge Sean, even though they've been kind of they they were facing each other. I guess right. there's a kind of like an innate respect between them, um, which again, right? Like it's said, like it's like watching your your ex get beat up or something. You're like, no, come out. I mean, that's a weird thing to say. I, I don't. Say that. Why are you saying that? Like that's a thing we all go through. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a weird thing to say, but more so like you know they remembered their friendship and like yeah, Diesel's yeah. like I'm not gonna let you like attack right. my. Friend, you know. Like he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. My, he's my asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like now Brandon you understand what you. I was trying to say, right? Yeah, no one attacks my asshole. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. That was there, the best part about it. There's the, uh, there's the sound bite we all needed. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the match is what it is. It's two big sweaty men slapping meat for a lot for a while. Big meat, sweet. Big meat, man, slapping meat. <laughs> the plosive on that made it the best but um but then yeah i'm like like you said they both have power bomb finishers and sid doesn't have the best power bomb generally like he told us but the, no this match was good I'm okay that's that. what i was gonna say he had a damn good power bomb in this match because like i I've, i like watched the rawls before leading up to this and he would botch like every other one like he did one to bam bam and like almost broke his neck he like even like the one with Sean that we were talking about the first one he kind of like threw him like behind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was waiting for it. I was like, man, how bad is Sid gonna botch this power bomb? But then lo and behold, he does like a perfect one on the right. Diesel. So that was great. But ultimately, um, but Sid hits that power bomb and just kind of he doesn't go for the pin. He just kind of lollygags for a little bit. So. Well, he's psycho. No, he's not psycho. Well, don't call him that. Shh. All right, not vicious either. Or justice, <laughs> man. Is there any other ones? I feel like you'd just throw any word after Sid and it'd be a pretty cool name. The Millennium Man. Mm, was that a real one? Was that a real name of his? He literally was called the Millennium Man in uh, EC or in WCW. Man, was that like Dungeon of Doom kind of stuff? No, it was like two thousands. That that was during that 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 time period where uh, that botch comes in where he's like. You are half the man that, that I am, yeah. <laughs> and I have half the brain that you do. That That's where that comes from. I could listen to Sid promos all day. All it's day. true. It, it doesn't matter what he says. He's like a Scott Steiner. And what I mean by that is, like, he's yeah. got the marble mouth, but it's just so interesting. Right. You come out here, you t- try to make me look like a jackass. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's just interesting to hear him talk. <laughs> He's yeah, it's like the path from his brain to his mouth. There's there's something going on there. That's kind of cattywampus and, and sidebar on Sid. I don't think Sid gets enough credit for being as big a star as he was in professional wrestling, because yeah. there's a time period. I think of Survivor Series 96. Go back and watch that. Like my dude was over when he was doing the like, who's the man? And he's like, like doing that to the crowd and stuff. Yeah, like, people were going batshit crazy for him. Oh, he was he was huge. He had a lot of star power. Like him and Diesel facing off against each other. Like that feels like a huge matchup. Um, yeah. So he definitely fit in here in the main event. 
but uh ultimately diesel hits the jackknife onto sid gets the or he goes for the pin but in comes tatanka so i was wrong actually we <laughs> did get the native american tatanka on this show right because it, it can't be in your house without tatanka <laughs> why is that i have no idea but yeah, we're just gonna go with it on that okay uh <laughs> so i don't even know if we mentioned but sid is a part of the million dollar corporation at this point oh, i forgot about that is again that, uh, it was just yeah. like that's stupid sid didn't need the million dollar corporation no it was really dumb they pretty much shit canned bam bam and brought in sid to replace them kind of um but tatanka breaks it up so it's a dq finish um ted dibiase gets the, in, in there it's a three-on-one attack on diesel but in comes bam bam to make the save and bam bam's weirdly like super over at this point I mean, we're, we're fresh off of his main event WrestleMania match with LT. I was going to say, he's a WrestleMania main eventer, technically, here. He's, he's Not got, even technically, he's a WrestleMania main eventer. No, he, in the most <laughs> literal sense, he, he yeah. was a main eventer in WrestleMania. Um, so I guess he had, maybe has that mainstream kind of name value now that he had. He faced off against a, an all-star well, football player. You do know he was like, most of his career was a babyface, right? Like, that's a, like one, I actually had to right. learn that later on in my adult life, but like... Like, he'd come in as a babyface in, like, 88 and stuff like that. So he was, like, yeah, over yeah. as a babyface. So believe it or not, that little time period of him being a heel with Luna Vachon, his main squeeze, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> you know, the Millendale Corporation, it was yeah. actually a short period of him being a heel in the WWF. Right. So yeah. maybe just people wanted him to be baby again. You can't boo a guy with flames tattooed to his head. I mean, you can, but why would you want to? Especially if you had a manager mm. named Oliver Humperdinck. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. His manager oh, no. in 88 was Oliver Humperdinck. They just didn't try with names back then. Jesus. Well, fuck well he was a wrestler, too. Yeah? Was he good? What's your, what's your favorite Oliver Humperdinck match? Um, the one where he... I, had a, I got nothing. I've never <laughs> seen an Oliver Humperdinck match. Oh, God. But <laughs> Humperdinck is not here, but Bam Bam is... Uh, so the mat there, the show pretty much closes with Diesel and Bam Bam clearing the ring. Crowds all into it. Diesel technically retains his title, so I guess, I guess that sends the crowd home happy. But, uh, but yeah, for what it is, in your house, it's kind of a or it really it's like a B level pay per view. Um, but for what it was, we mentioned it in the beginning, for 20 but bucks. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it for what it was. Yeah. And I remember again for context is like if you didn't have a legal cable, you ordered it properly here. You yeah, know, most yeah. pay per views were thirty nine ninety five. This was available for nineteen ninety five. This was yeah. like your WWF Clash of the Champions, if you will. Uh, it, it was a good pay per view for twenty bucks. It was a really good. Uh, I didn't like the main event, but again, if I spent twenty bucks on it in the nineties, I'd have been happy with it. Uh, yeah. And uh, like we both alluded to, a lot better of a watch than you would think. Like on paper, you would you would read it and mm-hmm. go whatever. But these were solid matches, solid yeah. matches, all of them. Well, also with it being a shorter show, it didn't allow for any match to like drag on. Really? I agree. So even yeah. like the bad stuff was pretty short. Like the Mabel match was a squash. The tag team match was pretty short. Um, even the main event, I don't think it was terribly long, maybe like 15, 20 minutes at the most. Um, so yeah, an, an easy watch for sure. Not a lot. Well, Wrestling wise, not a lot of dead space. There was dead space in this show for sure, but um, yeah, get get past uh, Stephanie Wyan and Todd Pettengill and uh, and and Dick Ebersol. What the hell was his name again? Dick uh, 
Dick Ebersol is the president of NBC, by the way. Barry Dodinsky. There it is. An- another it down. another fake name that I'm pretty sure you just made up on the spot. But bullshit. That's his real name. Bull Nakano. <laughs> so Stephanie uh, yeah. Wine. <laughs> well, that brings the show to a close. Uh, appreciate you making the time, Kenneth, to uh, watch the show. Hop on here, talk about some WWF. Uh, Kenny, for your thoughts, where can everybody find you and listen to you? That's a damn good question. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if we've been kicked off of anything yet. We probably should be. Um, I'm distracted by Kyle's chest hair right now. And and a tattoo of, I think that's an atom bomb mushroom on, on this chest over it there. It is. It is. Um, but <laughs> you can find it, Kenny, for your thoughts on uh, on YouTube. You can find it on uh, Spotify. You can find it on, I was going to say Google Play Music, but that doesn't exist anymore. It's on YouTube, YouTube Music, I think it is mm. now. Interesting. Um, and of course, Apple Podcasts. So you can find it pretty much anywhere you listen to your free streaming podcast. Hell yeah. And you're doing a show tonight, right? We are. We're doing a show at 1030, uh, but this will yeah, air this after will the be, fact. But you know, so, go back and watch uh, it. I'm sure it was great, right? Yeah, go back and watch it. I'm sure, you know, a spoiler alert. Uh, I'm definitely going to slap Brandon on that show. So go back. And yeah. Watch. I mean, that's why I'm here to be your fluffer for that show. So right. My my fluffer nutter. Yep. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Kenny from a Kenny for your thoughts podcast for joining me on this episode. Always gets my nipples turgid having Kenny on. Uh, Go check out his show wherever you listen to podcasts and as on YouTube as well. Live chat always bumping on his show. His co-host Brandon's there, you know, to provide, uh, you know, whatever Brandon provides. I'll let you be the judge of that. And uh, yeah, do that. Do uh. Or don't, you know, I guess. I guess those are your options. Uh, Apronbump.com for all my full episodes. Uh, all my social media there as well. Be sure to check out the YouTube versions of my episodes as well. Uh, this one particularly was pretty... Uh, you're missing something if you're not watching the video version. Uh, namely, my thigh hair. But uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, but yes, <laughs> once again... Thank you guys once again for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take uh, my doll if your vagina hurts. And uh, yeah. I'm hard. Talk around and disregard it. Should you walk the ground, show you what hard is. Standing strong and proud, nothing can hide this. Let's get started. Yeah. Get your boots ready. We're about to.